You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. This episode is brought to you by Palo Alto Networks, the leader in cybersecurity. As AI-driven attacks increase, organizations can't afford to have network security that's stuck in the past. Discover how Palo Alto Networks can help you predict what's coming and proactively secure against it with a zero-trust, AI-powered network security platform built to secure whatever, whenever, wherever. To learn more, visit paloaltonetworks.com slash network security platform. You're listening to the 2012 song Hall of Fame by The Script and Will I Am, which means it's that time of year again. The Cybersecurity Canning Committee has announced the Hall of Fame inductees for the 2023 season to coincide with the RSA conference. And I got to interview the winning authors and Canning Committee members who recommended the books. As you all know, N2K and the leaders of the Cybersecurity Canon Project team up each year to highlight this valuable and free resource for the entire InfoSec community to find the absolute must-read books for the cybersecurity professional. And the first book we're going to talk about, the first inductee into the Canon Hall of Fame this year, is The Hacker in the State by Ben Buchanan. So, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. This is going to be fun. My name is Rick Howard, and I'm broadcasting from the CyberWire's alternate Secret Sanctum Sanctorum Studios located underwater somewhere along the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge in the good old U.S. of A. And the interns can't be more ecstatic for this change of venue. Hey, 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 settle down back there. This is only temporary. It's back to the Baltimore underwater lair next week. You don't want to give them too much hope. And you're listening to CSO Perspectives, my podcast about the ideas, strategies, and technologies that senior security executives wrestle with on a daily basis. Before we get started, the CyberWire will be out in force at the RSA conference this year. Dave Bittner and crew, including me, will be hanging out at the Marriott Marquis Hotel, second level, Foothill H Boardroom. If you're in the vicinity, stop by. If we're not doing a live interview, we would love to see you. As for me, I'm giving a presentation on Wednesday afternoon, 26 April, at 2.25 p.m. called The Emperor Has No Clothes about the evolution and current state of the CISO position with my pal, Todd Inski. And immediately after, I'm signing copies of my book, Cybersecurity First Principles, a reboot of strategy and tactics, at the conference bookstore in Moscone South from 3.30 to 4.30. And speaking of books, if you're looking for your next cybersecurity book to read, besides mine, of course, oh, yeah. <laughs> members of the Cybersecurity Canon Committee will be at the bookstore Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. to help you decide your next most favorite read. They can point you into a direction to match your interests. So, with all those announcements out of the way, it's time to talk about the book. 
The reason that I'm not talking to Ben Buchanan about this book, The Hacker in the State, is that between the time that he published it in 2020, when he was an assistant teaching professor at the Georgetown University Walsh School of Foreign Service, and the time the Cannon Committee selected it for the Hall of Fame, President Trump tapped Ben on the shoulder for a cushy government job as the assistant director of the White House Office of Science and Technology. And then President Biden asked him to stay on as the Director of Technology and National Security on the National Security Council at the White House. He's a busy guy. And because of his position, he's not allowed to talk about his personal projects, like writing this fantastic book, while he's serving the government. So, I asked my good friend, Andy Hall. Hi, my name is Andy Hall, and I'm an Associate Professor at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia. To help me out. I have been at Marymount for three years, and I am a Canon committee member, and I have been with the, the Cybersecurity Command for about five years. As Andy said, he's a veteran Canon committee member, but he's also a retired U.S. Army colonel, and in his last Army job, he was the director of the Army Cyber Institute. I started out by asking him why Ben's book, The Hacker in the State, is a Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame inductee. Andy, I have to admit, when the committee selected this book to be inducted into the Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame, I was a bit skeptical. I hadn't read it yet, but my first and admittedly shallow thought bias was something along the lines of, what can a policy wonk like Ben Buchanan know about cybersecurity? How is what he brings to the table going to be useful to a general-purpose security practitioner? So, I immediately dove in, and then I couldn't put it down. I finished it in like three days and was completely blown away by how good it is, how valuable the information is for all cybersecurity practitioners, which is the mandate of the Cybersecurity Canon Project to find the best books about cybersecurity that applies to everybody in the field. So before we get into all the reasons that I think it's good, let me ask you, what makes the hacker in the state, cyber attacks, and the new normal of geopolitics a cybersecurity canon Hall of Fame book? I think that the the fact that it does come from the perspective of the policy wonk helps us as a cybersecurity professional understand the community we're communicating to. And there's many things in this that, as you said, are, are really interesting. There's some unique perspective, but I, I think that it provides a overview of what the Others in that are just outside of our community, but looking over the fence at us, think about the work that we're doing. Well, I, I really, I do think that the the information where it talks about the role of geopolitics, it, it's important to understand how we fit into that uh, part of of what can happen on the global stage. Oh well, you and I've been doing this for a long time, right? And clearly, half of our time is spent on thinking about nation-state cyber adversaries. And I think Ben's book here gives us a frame to, uh, you know, think about what those, what those organizations are trying to do. There's a concept that Ben is a kind of a theme through his book. Uh, he talks about political statecraft and how you influence your enemies, your frenemies, and even your allies. And he talks about it in terms of uh, signals and shaping. And can you talk about what the difference is between those two? Well, when you're thinking about signaling, signaling kind of goes back to uh, the notions that, that we had from 
the brinksmanship or from the nuclear warfare kind of shellings ideas where you're you're taking a look at game theory and you're kind of trying to show a move. And so you, you often want somebody to know, your opponent to know what your what your strengths are and you want to be able to signal to them that the, you have the the ability to do something. Whereas uh, when we take a look at something like a like a shaping operation, you you're actually trying to get some sort of of an actual effect, and who who did the shaping is not as important uh, as with signaling. If you if you don't know who did the operation, it's very hard to signal any strength. Whereas uh, with the shaping operation, you're trying to change some element of the environment, and and so that you get slightly different uh, ideas out of the two. There's some competition between uh, signaling and shaping, and some of the parts of government are, are very interested in being in the shadows, and other ones want to be, uh, be forward. The standard military-type activity of deployment, where you send planes full of soldiers, you put boots on the ground, so to speak, is a, can be a clear signal that you have the ability to do it, especially if you're doing something that is an exercise. But so that be able to do that is a signal. But then if you take a look at when you're actually trying to have an effect, something like uh, when you put the 82nd Airborne Division in the, in the desert, you could also say that that was a, a shaping operation that they, they were actually taking effect. So when you look at uh, our cyber operations, you're trying to figure out whether what we are doing is, is shaping the environment. And I think you can argue that that's easy to do. But the, the signaling where you're trying to show somebody your strength, that becomes really hard. So it's, it's the, really the difference between what, you know, spies do versus what statesmen do, you know, um, you know international uh, negotiators. And Buchanan likens it to a poker game. He says that signaling is kind of hinting at the cards you have or, or maybe you want to fake that you have that's a signal but if you're trying to influence the game in a different way you might steal an opponent's card or you might have a trick deck or you know put you know, extra aces in the deck okay that's shaping the environment so you can win and i like those two ways but he says that politicians have been using been trying to use offensive cyber to do both shaping and signaling. And his whole thesis is it's pretty, it's probably not that good for signaling, but really good for shaping. Is that what your understanding of the book is too? Yes, that's right. And his argument, even in, in the conclusion, he tries to, to stomp his foot that it's not working for signaling. <laughs> so can, can we play devil's advocate about that? Cause uh, the one signaling uh, operation I thought was very effective was the Russian cyber offensive influence operations against the U.S. presidential election in 2016, right? Uh, talk about signaling that you are very good at what you can do and making everybody afraid of it. Um, how is that not a success story for the Russians in a signaling type way? There's this notion of, of, the, of the bluff, like you said, with the card game with regard to signaling. And mm -hmm. I think that that's where when you take a look at the entire Russian operation, they were definitely trying to, to shape the environment. Um, and, and I think that any, any signaling was kind of a byproduct. But you look at the, the way that the, the operation went, the, there were several times when they were quiet, several times when they were loud. 
but I don't think that there was any activity that they were hoping that the that the United States would take as a regard to a signal. I think it was just they were looking to ca- cause chaos. Yeah, that could be. So you say it wasn't it wasn't their primary mission to signal, but it was uh, to shape it and to cause confusion. That was the primary directive. Is that what you're saying? That's what I think. So let's to be clear about what's going on here then, right? So when you're shaping, that's uh, nation-state activity stealing intellectual property or destroying critical infrastructure. It's those kinds of things, not hinting about what you're doing, but actually trying to uh, do things that will uh, improve your view of the world. Is that right? That's right. I, I think that when you're signaling, you're trying to show strength to influence your neighbor. And if uh, if there's this notion that you're not using it. So in the, the nuclear mm-hmm. weapons type uh, idea, you have a signal of strength, but you're not actually using it. And so that, that's kind of the difference with the cyber operations. You have to use them to, to shape... Uh, And and so you can get some signaling benefit from shaping it and saying, we could do this this once. You can imagine what we could do in the future, but you you have to take the action. If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, subscribe now to CyberWire Pro. Not only will you get to hear this interview in its entirety, but also all shows in the CSO Perspectives podcast series in total. The quarterly analyst call that I host, along with every podcast in the CyberWire network, ad-free. And you all know, that's my favorite part. To subscribe, surf over to thecyberwire, all one word, dot com slash pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash pro. And I'd like to thank Andy Hall, currently an associate professor at Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia, and a longtime member of the Cybersecurity Canada Committee, for coming on the show and talking to us about the latest Cybersecurity Canon Hall of Fame inductee, The Hacker in the State, Cyber Attacks and the New Normal of Geopolitics by Ben Buchanan. If you'd like to learn more about this book, as well as all the other books in the Cybersecurity Canon series, surf on over to Ohio State University, the official sponsor for the Canon Project, at cybersecuritycanon, all one word, dot com. And finally, if you're attending the RSA conference this year, there will be Canon committee members sitting at the RSA conference bookstore Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 2 to 3 p.m. to help you find your next best cybersecurity read, which we all know will be my new book, Cybersecurity First Principles, A Reboot of Strategy and Tactics. Links to all of this are in the show notes. And finally, if you're attending the RSA conference, come find us. The CyberWire team will be hanging out at the Marriott Marquis Hotel, second level Foothill H boardroom. We would love to see you. If you enjoyed this preview of CSO Perspectives, be sure to subscribe to CyberWire Pro and get access to the rest of this episode, as well as all past seasons of CSO Perspectives ad-free. And you all know I love getting rid of the ads. Visit thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro. That's thecyberwire.com slash CSO Pro to explore the many benefits of CyberWire Pro and to subscribe.